Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coaches across the country used the coach pad this past season to be more efficient with their scout card prep on the weekends as well as when out on the practice field working with their scout teams. Whether you're a coach using a computer program to create cards or drawing them by hand, the coach pad is for you. Never printing paper or stuffing a binder, clearly seeing scout cards outdoors in the bright sun, and using the coach pad on game days, syncing diagrams from the press box to the sideline were some of the features coaches enjoyed this season. This offseason, get your coach pad at thecoachpad.com to get your program ready for next season, thecoachpad.com. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast. Uh, today we have the assistant football coach at Delhi Charter School in Louisiana, Coach uh, Stormridge Way. Coach, how are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. Uh, getting ready for Christmas break. <laughs> Good. Well, uh, but like I said, you guys haven't started yet. We've already started, but yours is kind of, I mean, it's that weird Christmas is on a Monday and it sucks. And yeah. Um, yeah. But I mean, let's let's start with the simple question is, uh, how do you end up at, at uh, Del High? Um, well, uh, let me see here. I came here four years ago. I was a head coach at a... Uh, at a school in the area and there was some um administrative issues and uh like i literally coached a season by myself with, with no assistance just me and a bus driver <laughs> and uh and there, there wasn't much change going on and uh, the head coach here at delhi charter he and i grew up together um and uh he we had a head baseball opening and um, he asked me if I wanted it. I took it and I came in as a, I came on late. I came in like a July of 2020 and um, uh, so right in the middle of the pandemic and uh, came on and, and uh, came in as an offensive line coach, been the head baseball coach. And then um, uh, the COVID season was really tough for us. Um, we only played like six games. We, every time we turned around, we had kids test positive and we were having a quarantine and, and it was a mess. And we went 0-6 and, and uh, scored one offensive touchdown in those six games. And we were primarily a spread team and uh, at that time. And um, at the end of the season, the head coach uh, came to me and, and asked me if I would take over the offense. And uh, the, the previous offense coordinator – I mean, it wasn't like it was like I'm firing him. The previous offense coordinator took it because nobody else would at that time because I came on so late. And he took it under like a one-year deal, and and he actually he's our defense coordinator now, and uh, great coach, good friend, and uh, and so I took over the offense, and he said, he said, what do you want to run? Because I got a spread background, you know, and and uh, my head coach in high school, um, whew, I'm talking like '96, '97. Now he's running the spread, 
in, in the late nineties is him and Evangel Christian are like the only two in North Louisiana in the shotgun four wide, you know, no tight end, no fullback. And, and it's, it's, and he's the, he's one of the only ones. So that being said, you know, I played, I graduated in, in 08 and uh, played for him. And, and so I was born in the spread. Um, when I started coaching, you know, he brought me on as a student coach and I was, I was down at the junior high PI for a little while and I was running the high school offense and, um, and then, uh, you know, worked my way up through the high school and, and, uh, eventually got a, I got a coordinator job at a very young age. I was right out of high school, I mean, right out of college and, uh, got a coordinator job. Didn't know what I was doing. You know, I thought I did. And man, I, I'm sitting there like, man, we're rocking and rolling brother. And, and, um, learned a lot. And, uh, so the spread is pretty much everything I knew. I kind of, um, I ended, I was at, uh, some of the bigger schools in our area and, you know, of course spread now it's wing team principles, a lot of power counter, you know, but it was, we were, we were spread, man. And so when he turned over the, the reins to me and, uh, he said, what do you want to run? And I said, well, you know, let's, let's do some evaluation of our talent or whatever. And, and he said, I figured you'd want to run spread. I said, no, I said, I, I'm, I love it. But I, I know that that's not that doesn't fit our personnel. Uh, you're in, you're out. We just don't produce receivers. We produce receiver looking kids, but <laughs> we don't produce dogs. You know, people that can just run up and go get a ball, go win their one on one, you know, type deal. Um, and I said, I want to get under center. I want to be efficient. And uh, and point, you know, blank. What we were talking about is we were getting tired of because uh, the 06 season, the 0 and 6 2020s was an anomaly. We're normally up to this point, previous four or five years had been a 500-ish level program. We were winning the games we were supposed to win and losing the games we weren't supposed to win. And we were kind of getting tired of it. And we wanted to be able to step up in competition to beat teams, you know, that we on paper shouldn't have beat. And so I wanted to get back to an under center offense because they're very efficient. And um, and I'm gonna be honest with you, and, and I, I say this, and if somebody takes offense to it, it is what it is, but uh the modern day kid is soft um, and linebacker play in today's world, ain't nothing. They, they don't want to stick their nose in between the tackles. Not, not 85 times, you know, uh, they want to drive back in coverage and we live in a seven on seven society. And, uh, and, to, and what I've learned, some of the best defensive coaches um, in our area are DBs coaches because they have to be because of the, of the throw it around the yard. Uh and they're good at scheming you up in that aspect, but we started really, can they scheme us up from a box standpoint? If we bring in two tight ends and, and go unbalanced, how are they going to defend us? And so uh, we really kind of want to challenge the status quo of it. We felt like we'd have an advantage with that uh, because we do have blue collar kids. Um, we're down here in the Mississippi Delta and, uh, you know, our kids are, you know, they're on the deer stand or their dads are out in the oil rig and, they're, they're working on the farm, you know, they're, they're, we're a blue collar community. Um, and so we just said, let's, let's get under center and let's get nasty and let's buy into that. And, uh, and it always seemed like we always have one, one or two really good, like tailbacks, like running back type kids. Uh, we have the bigger, had now we're fishing ahead of slew of some smaller kids, but we've had the bigger O line. They can't pass that very well, but they can drive and you know drive off and hit you in the mouth and pump their feet and double team you. 
Um, and we have tight ends, which is what makes split back go in my opinion. And uh, so we got down to the fundamentals here. What, you know, we want to run under center. We want to run as an option. We, we kind of come down to, you know, Delaware wing tee or, you know, split back or I or uh, flex bone. And uh, um, we didn't like the eye because didn't like putting a guy at nine yards. Deep. <laughs> and, you know, our line is not that good. And so we kind of threw that off the table. Um, and then wing T, we wanted to be more veer based, more options. So that just kind of takes, you know, kind of took wing T off the table. So now we're sitting there with flex bone and, and split back. And, and what I learned in my study and talking to other coaches and, and whatnot is that flex bone is very coaching intensive. As far as I feel like you got to have an O-line coach, you got to have a quarterback's coach, you got to have a fullback's coach, you got to have a wingback's coach, and you got to have a wide receiver's coach. Um, and so we did, we felt like we we're kind of lighting staff. Uh, somebody's going to get neglected in a way. And then uh, the wingback to me is a very unique kid. He has to be able to run like a running back, catch like a receiver, and block like a fullback. And now you got to have two of them. And then you got to have at least one more to back them up. And we just didn't feel like we had those, had that, had, one of those kids, much less three or four of them. And so we, but we evaluated what we had. We had linemen, we had tight ends, and we had a couple running backs. And we had a quarterback at the time that was a really good athlete. He, he was a really, he, he would be like a slot receiver in a, in a spread type situation. And, uh, and we, you know, so that's what we settled on split back. And, and this is where we're at, man. Three years later, man, we have scored some points. Um, we have won some games that we're not supposed to win. Um, we have competed in ball games that we shouldn't have competed in. Um, and we've dominated the games we're supposed to win. And, uh, you know, I can give you all the numbers in the world. I think last year we scored over 500 points, uh, won the first district championship in, uh, I think, 14 years here at the school and uh, won a playoff game first time in um, seven years and uh, went nine and one. Uh, lost to in the in the regular season, we lost to the original uh, eventual state semifinalists, and had our chances against them. I was talking about that game last night. As a matter of fact, uh, you know, and and where where does success come from? What well, comes from the kids on the field? Um, but I feel like split back fits. Well, you know, fits our kids. And what I don't, what I do like about it is even if it doesn't fit your kids, it still fits. If that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I think anybody can play in it. Um, like. You know, talking about the eye, we're we're going to kind of look at we've got a running back um, that is getting some interest uh, from some from D one schools, and um, and we're sitting there like, well, you know, put him in the eye a little bit. So you you can we can mold it, we can put him in the eye and and do some things. We're still a split back program, but you know, we put him in the eye to run power and counter. But when I promise you, when it gets down to it, games on the line, we're going to be in split back. And so it's it's a uh, it allows you flexibility with personnel because I think anybody can play in it. Um, now there are some kids that it's don't get me wrong, man. It's suited for like we had a cat this year. Uh, he's a senior. I've seen him graduate. He's getting uh, he's got an offer from any high school, and I've got some clips of him. I'll show him here a bit later. And you talking about a dive back? He's a running back. He was fast as lightning. Uh, but he was a great dive back. Like he was very, he really could hit that line of scrimmage fast. He could follow his blocks and veer through the open lanes and just get an open field, man. He, uh, 
he actually in our playoff game, our second round playoff game, he he went for almost 200 and broke the uh, uh, career rushing record here at the school. Uh, he went for 1,900 and some change this year, and he went for 1,700 and some change last year. And then uh, his freshman year was the COVID season. And then the sophomore year, uh, I think he went for like six, 700, but he was really like the, as far as the depth chart goes, he was like the third or fourth back. He was kind of banged up and he was young. Uh, but these past two years, man, he, he has done a phenomenal job of, of diving. And he can run other things, but he was a great dive back. So, uh, but that's our story, man, of where we're at. Um, you know, is there room for growth? Yes. And I, I'm just going to preface this whole conversation. We're not a world-beating program. Um, you know, state championship goals, they're there, uh, but we're still trying to get out of the second round, um, as a, as a program. And, uh, um, last year we, we thought we had a chance, but we weren't ready as a program from a, a care, a culture standpoint. Our kids were happy to win a playoff game, you know, and, and, uh, cause they hadn't done it for so long and second round, we just didn't, didn't play very well. And this year we played. In the second round, in my opinion, offensively played better than we did in the first round. Uh, but the team we were playing, you know, they were state runner-up last year. And so we just had a tough draw. I think had we played uh, – if we'd been seated a little bit different, I think we could have got out of the second round. But we still haven't done it yet, and that's what we're working towards. And and uh, I, I feel like we have gotten as far as we can go um, as far as skiing goes. Uh, now it's just come to go. We got to get better in the weight room and, and all that stuff. But we're at this conversation, I firmly believe, because of uh, Slipback. I, I believe that um, it gives our program an identity. It gives our kids something to hang their hat on. Our O-line freaking take pride in it, brother. Like, you know, we when we're sitting in class, you know, I got my O-lineman. They're sitting there watching huddle in class or whatever. And and they're when when they're not watching just the ball, you know, when they're watching themselves and 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 understanding what we're trying to accomplish in the whole play, uh, it's 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 beautiful. Uh, they've bought into it and they love it. O linemen love it. Uh, running backs love it. Tight ends love it. If they're not, you know, if they don't think if they're okay with being a six lineman with an eligible number, <laughs> and receivers. Um, here's how I sell it to receivers and. And I think as coaches, I know when I was in the spread, my goal was to get my best player of the ball in a one-on-one -on -one matchup. And, I, and I, I don't think I'm, you know, have a secret. I think it's everybody. So the way I sell it to my receivers is we're not going to have four of you. We're going to have one or two on the field. And we can almost guarantee you, you're going to have a one-on-one -on -one matchup every play with space. They're going to be back in it because all our corners that play us, they play 10 yards and they play the run. They they're turned in. They have their they they're turned in watching the run, especially the boundary corner, and uh, and they ain't worried about the receivers. And so our our routes are very basic. We run slants. We run goes. We run comebacks. We run outs. Um, you know we'll do some two man concepts too. Um, but and that's how I sell it to them. And like you block, you block, you block, and then you know when we get into the in the obvious passing situations, you're gonna have your chance. You know to go make plays. And like I said, it's not sexy. Um, you know, but, but another thing it does, our two, usually our two or three receivers are also our two or three corners and safety, you know, so we have a, um, that's another thing, you know, it fits us. We have a lot of two-way players, 
and so we can rest our DBs because we still play spread teams. So we can rest, kind of rest our DBs on offense and uh, and whatnot. It, it just fits us, man. It just really does. I, I've always said I would – because uh, there's two or three schools around us that run split back. And uh, in our – and I say around us, uh, in our region, you know, North Louisiana. And uh, one of them got to the state semifinals this year, first time in school history. And got beat by a team that ran the eye. <laughs> so, and they went on to win the state championship. And um, um, there's uh, there's another one north of us, and I'm I'm really good friends with their head coach. And uh, they uh, they ran split back, and then you know, but we still have under center programs around here, so it's not completely foreign. Um, and the one A state champion, I, uh, the two A state champion, I. Uh, the five eight state champions split back, and uh, so we still have them. There's just a few far in between. There's a pretty good amount of them down south. Uh, Acadiana High School. If you want to study split back, usually when you Google split back, John Curtis comes up, and there's nothing wrong. John Curtis is great, but look at Acadiana. Acadiana runs it. They run it def- different. John Curtis runs true triple option. They 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 run inside veer, outside veer, cut back, and that's about it. Uh, Kadiana, they run double option, which is what we run. And, um, and they just get down and they maul you. They're going to run dive until you stop it. And, uh, so Kadiana high school and Karen Crow high school, they're right beside each other are, are two really good examples. I've got some, actually got some Karen Crow clips here I can show. And so that's the story of how we ended up at split back and, um, and the success we've had and what I love about it. Again, I keep coming back. It's simple. It, it, it challenges the defense of players. A linebacker, uh, he has to fill the hole. And if he if he misses, he takes one false step to Olay a tackle, and the run back is probably going to pop it. And uh, so you're three and four, three and four, three and four, and all of a sudden you just look up and he's 40 yards downfield, you know. And um, so – and then defensively, um, you have to – from a defensive coordinator scheme standpoint, you really – I think you have to understand what the goal of split back is as far as what we're trying to accomplish because to a naked eye, it's just like we're just running up the middle and that, that's not the case. And, uh, you know, so it, it takes a bit. The, the defensive coordinators that give me the most fits over the past three years are those older gentlemen that coached in the 70s and 80s. And, <laughs> they're, you know, this is what they know, you know. And uh, those there's a defensive coordinator of uh, – a school here named St. Fred's is an older man. And I'm going to tell you what, man, that dude, that dude knows his stuff. And he's been coaching since probably since Bill Yeoman invented this offense. And, uh, and he's done, he, he's, he, he does a great job, man. He's, I look forward to coaching against him every year because he teaches me things. <laughs> it's just, you know, I just have to wait. At Friday night after the game, after I'm watching film, I'm like, man, I've never seen anybody do that to us. How are we going to answer that? And so it makes me a better coach. But whatnot, so but well, I, I think you just got the second longest intro to a, a podcast ever. So <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Like I told yeah, you before, man. like you're, you're now second to Hal Mummy. So congratulations. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a good mesh, person. Baby. Mesh, mesh. Yeah. Although he started with like a 15 minute story. Like, I mean, he just okay. like I don't like I've I, I say this all the time. I've asked for the background of I think every guest on here, but Hal Mummy. I don't think I really need to ask for the background of oh, Hal Mummy. Yeah. I just like every like if you know football, 
you know who that man is right. like and and he's walking around his house while while he does it too that's the best part he ends up laying in his bed it's great like it's it, i love how um but i mean you mentioned there that you don't just run inside and outside veer like i mean again i've watched a little bit of uh jt curtis film and um obviously i've watched i don't know who what poor little school they were playing but they were just really just running inside veer up and down the field um so so with that what i mean and, and we talked a little bit about this what is the kind of philosophy of how you run split back veer all right so everything we run predicates off of outside beer um <laughs> because if you're if you're not going to run outside beer, then maybe you should run flex ball because flex ball is predicated off midline and inside beer as opposed to well, it's more inside beer to midline. Uh, split back is outside beer to inside beer. Now you could run some midline ish type stuff, but it, it, the angles of it don't really line up great. Uh, so you have to decide what you want. If you want to run split back, you're going to learn outside beer is your cheat code. That's your that's your go to play, and. Um, so everything we do builds around outside beer. Um, so what we try to do is chase the gaps. And um, so like if if you're giving us, if we have an open B, we're going to run inside beer. And uh, if we have an open C, we're going to run outside beer. Then you're going to stop dive eventually. I don't, if, you, if you're any good, you're going to stop it, okay? Well, when you stop it, you're giving us something. Now, can we can we execute it? That's that's on us at that point. Uh, but you're giving us something, and we just have to figure out what that something is, whether it be pitch, uh, whether it be quarterback keeper, uh, whether it be counter, whether it be G lead, um, uh, throw the ball. <laughs> and so there, you have to figure out kind of what uh, what they're giving you. And so from a, what we look at is, you know, being a spread person, I still try to take a spread mindset. We run a lot of formations and I know people are like, you run split back. There's amazing, it's amazing what you can do at a split back with the line, how many different unbalanced looks you can run. Uh, you can run, you know, we run four different unbalanced looks. Um, what you can do with your receivers to give them a blocking advantage on outside run plays. And, uh, you know, and so, um, so I love the formation background. We're going to run as many formations we can just to run the same plays. And then uh, we like to run the old, I call it buck sweep, but it's not like the wing tee buck sweep. It's not, uh, it's not Kenny Simpson, which is great stuff. I mean, Kenny Simpson does I mean, phenomenal stuff. And uh, we run kind of the Vince Lombardi Packer power sweep. That's kind of what it is. And um, and so we run that to string the linebackers out because if the linebackers are stop and dive, that's usually who stops dive. It's not your D-line. It's if if your D-line is stopping, if you're playing a D-line is stopping dive, you're in trouble. Uh, you're, so there's an extreme mismatch going on somewhere. Uh, D-linemen don't worry me. It's when we play really good linebackers that worry me. And so, if they're in, if they're tight in that box trying to stop dive, then they you can either throw something behind them, or you can you know run outside. And so we got we got the little little buck sweep play. We've got the traditional little quick twalls, uh, strong and weak. 
And so there's just some things that we do to try to try to loosen up those backers. Um, and so that's, that's where, it, but it all starts with outside beer. And if you don't stop outside beer, then we're going to run it until I'm tired of watching them run outside beer. And then I'm like, let's practice something else. Let's get something else on film. And uh, that's just kind of, that's our, that's what we do. And uh, that's where it all starts again, outside beer. So. What, what do you, like, what is your typical install plan out of this look? Like, obviously, there's several things here. What is kind of your process for teaching this to your kids? Uh, we start with dives. So, we start with inside beer and outside beer. And then, um, after that, so we'll, we'll, rep, we'll rep inside beer, outside beer, dive, and option. The option phase of it. We'll rep that day one. And, uh, and that's all we run. And we'll run it with multiple formations uh, because the thing about outside beer is you can only run it to the tight end. You know, that's just the, the tight end has to block through the C gap. And so if the defense is giving us a front where we can't run inside beer weak to give us some balance, then we'll go two tight ends. And so we rep two tight end outside beer. We'll rep two tight end inside beer, you know, one tight end, you know, just all of our basic little stuff to run inside and outside beer and run option. Uh, I usually bring in lead option because that is, it's, it's, it's blocked like inside and outside beer. It is ran in the backfield like inside and outside beer, except for there's really no mesh. And, uh, and so it's a, it's an easy, it's a cheap play to just run, to break up the monotony of it. And then, uh, you know, so that's that's how we install that. And then, then from there, um, I try to so inside and outside beer with the option phase and then lead option. Um, then from there, like day two, um, we'll start looking at sweep. We'll start installing sweep. <clears throat> and then so that's so then we'll go back to our dives, and then. Um, there's a couple of nuances off sweep that you just kind of incorporate. Like we have a, like a little running back pass off sweep, we have boot off sweep. And then, um, so that would be what day two. So then day three, that's when we start getting into, uh, counter. Um, I love counter and we run counter two different ways. As far as the backfield was the same up front, you know, down, down kick and wrap with your tackle It's true GT. Um, we run an X, in the backfield and then we run a uh where the play side back runs he fakes toss and so uh if the if the defensive end is if we're we're not very good log blockers and yeah, we're that's just you know we're not very good at it and it's probably my fault i also coached the o-line so it's probably my fault but um we uh if we got a defensive end that's really squeezing down then we'll just run outside of him. And so if we if we got him in limbo, then we can run fake toss with the play side back and then build run counter underneath him. So it's the same concept as running like a jet sweep, you know, and run counter underneath. And um, so that that's kind of it. And then of course, you know, we we our our passing plays and and then um, uh, really like G lead. And you can install this entire offense in 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 three days, three or four days. No questions asked. Uh, and uh, 
you know, I think the biggest thing with me year one when I was installing this is I tried to do everything. Everything you could possibly do out of a split bag, we were doing it. And uh, I'm not going to say the first week of install was a waste of time because it, I learned and our kids learned. Uh, but we kind of had to figure out what we're good at. And um, and it's funny, year, year to year it changes. Um, last year, we were a phenomenal toss team. Like, we were almost undefeated on toss, it seemed like. The year before, we were a really good sweep team. Last year, we weren't really good at neither one of them. And uh, we, we, we could run it enough, you know, to accomplish what we wanted to accomplish. But we can't, we became a good G lead team like this past season. So it just varies, you know, from year to year. And I, I don't know what the difference was because I had the, almost the same O-line from last season to this season. And um, so, but that, that's the basic install plan. Don't get too, don't get too fancy with it uh, because I firmly believe and, and, you can write this down and, and I'll die on the hill. Is it if the running backs, if the mesh is clean and the running back hits hard, the O line can block nobody and he should still get two and a half yards. They can block literally no one. So if you get a hat on a hat, you should get three, three and a half. And then from there, you got to deal with your linebackers. So it's just a matter of, you know, what are they doing to you? It's as far as, that, but that's our basic install plan, man. Outside beer, inside beer, lead option, sweep, toss, G League, and counter. Okay, and so trap. Um, to continue with that, like, because I've, because again, I've, again, I podcast and I do research and all that lovely jazz. There's some small little nuanced differences that I'm just curious about, along with that, is what are your typical splits and then what are the alignment of your two backs? Okay, so every year, uh, whether we got the same O line come back or a new O line or whatever, every year we start out with two foot splits. Um, everybody's two foot, <laughs> and then we get comfortable. We do that up until week one. So camp, scrimmage, jam, and then going into week one, we we will I will allow the backside to adjust their splits based off what we're running and how the defense is lined up. So if they need to tighten their – and the, the rule is very simple. If you have an open gap to your to your play side, um, you, uh, you widen out. If you have a closed gap, so you have a player in that gap, you tighten it down to about one foot split because we're cutting it. And um, so we widen out if there's nobody there. Uh, to to move the edge out a little bit further and then to give them a little bit more room to work with to get up to that next level on the backside scoop. And so that – so – and then once uh, – so that's the backside. And then we just slowly adjust. Um, uh, I had a couple of seniors this year that they – to be honest with you, I didn't, I didn't even have to coach them. They knew what they were doing. And all I had to do was keep them, keep them humble and honest in the, in the film session uh because they knew what they were doing it's just a matter of if they're gonna be lazy or not and uh so i let them adjust how they wanted to adjust and we put our uh one thing we did this year that we tried and i didn't like it so we got out of it is we put our we got we went into a recessed uh line of scrimmage so we put the um, helmets of the garden tackle on the center's hip and really went like georgia tech paul johnson and um 
didn't work for us because that the D line we we were giving the D lineman too much room, <laughs> so they it was hard to cut them and uh, it was hard. Then they could uh, could we play some D lineman? They'll just play at the line of scrimmage and they'll just you know they'll swim us right there, and we'll whiff. And so we went back to crowding the line of scrimmage, and uh, so that's what we do. Uh, we crowd that thing, man. We you know I try I tell my guards is that if you get flagged for being offsides once, that's okay. You know that's how tight. We're trying to get to the line of scrimmage, and uh, and so, um, but like I said, it's and my quarterback didn't like it either. My quarterback didn't like being recessed because he's actually in the line of scrimmage. Like the linemen are almost further back than he is, uh, so he didn't really like it because it, it messed with his when he was meshing. He said it just messed with his eyes, and you know he'd been he had been in a JV core. He'd been our JV quarterback previous two years. And so I just I sorry man, you know, and we were all, and we tightened them back up anyway. So it just kind of worked out. Um, as far as our backs, man, we it varies. Um, and I've been saying for a couple of years now we're going to like measure this out. <laughs> but what we do is I put what we because the the only stable thing is the quarterback because the guards they they move you know based on play so. What we do is, is their heels are at four yards. And if we're running inside beer dive, their heels are actually about three, three and a half. Um, and their inside feet are approximately in line with the quarterback's foot in front of them. So you're trying to create that little triangle there. And, um, and so, and they they can adjust. They have adjustment, you know, in or out, up or down, based on play. I don't try to overcoach the athlete. Um, now, our younger kids are, you know, our JV. They're they're locked in. They're yeah, we because they're slow. So we put them. They're at three yards. And our and our playbook for JV is very, you know, it's it's dive. And you know, we run dive option and toss and then tight end dump stuff like that. So it's a very very small playbook. And uh, so they they're they get it. I put them at three yards so that they can really slam into the line of scrimmage on dive because our JVO linemen, they're not quite ready to move defense linemen yet. So it's more of a stalemate pillow fight going on up there. And so we get them a little bit closer so that they can hit it before the linebackers get downhill. And so, but that that's based on my, my suggestion would be if you have more fullback type bodies running split back, I would get them a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. And then um, if you've got more, you know, you got a couple of dudes back there, then work them back a little bit and give them space to work with. Um, so that, that would be my suggestion on that. And the same thing with the O-line. If you got athletic O-linemen, I like being recessed because it allows them to get to the second level so much better. Uh, but if they're not super athletic, which we don't have, not this year anyway, uh, they're just more big, big bodies that get in the way. Then we're, I would crowd the line of scrimmage. We put our center in a four point stance. I don't know if that makes a huge difference or not, but I just like the way it looks. So <laughs> he's, in a, he's in a four point stance. Well, I, I've actually seen that. Like, like, obviously, like if you go super old school, like you'll see some old school, like 70s, 80s linemen, everybody's in a four point stance. And I saw I was scrolling through Twitter like a month ago, and I showed my center because he's a, a sophomore. He'll be junior next year, and 
I don't know, I don't remember who it was, but I saw it on Twitter or TikTok, and they had their center in a four-point stance, and it was just for them to, like, the whole, the, the reason they switched to it is because it fixed bad shotgun snaps. Like, it prevented them from going high, wide, like, it pretty much turned them into a short snapper. Right. And, I never really thought about it like that. Yeah. And he said, and, and I, what I was reading, and I guess a couple schools had gone to it because I, I think I retweeted or something. And there's a couple guys, yeah, it's like, yeah, I made that switch like a year ago. And it's like, it's fixed all of our shotgun snap issues. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, well, I never really thought that. about it. I'm, you, I'm, we're going to try that um, because we're, that's one of our problems is that, man, if you can bounce in and out a gun, like, because uh, you can run the same offense from the gun. Now, if you want to get some quarterback run action, like if you want, if you got a dude back there and you're like, I want this cat to touch the ball, put him in shotgun, give him a little, little three yard pistol set or whatever. And, uh, um, because it gives him more room to work with. And so, uh, we tinkered with the gun when we always have like a little gun package. Uh, but, our biggest problem is consistency in the snaps, you know, because we take, I mean, we take 95% of our snaps under center and then we, you know, our center gets most of his shotgun snap reps during scout team defense, or I'm sorry, first team defense and we're on a scout team O-line. And that's when he gets his shotgun snaps. And it's, it's, you know, it's, it's severely undercoached and, you know, again, that's my fault. And so, uh, but we, I'm going to try that. I'm going to put him in the four point stance because he, his snaps are high. Like he'll, when he misses, it's, it's like one of those 10 foot shotgun snaps. And so I'm going to keep him in a four point stance. Yeah. Literally it's both hands on the ball. Like, like, like he's long snapping and really. Oh, so he's, he's like this. Yeah, he is full okay. and they snap and he's good. And then he, and, and everybody I saw comments say he didn't have too much problem with pass or run protection. Like you would think with them being a shotgun, a D, a D line is just going to swim them or just run right by them. If he's not getting any help. And nope, they're just like, hey, yeah, snaps, blocks, no problem. Okay, like, so just I don't, I, I'd have to hunt for because I like so much crap on it daily basis on Twitter. Um, I would have to hunt oh, for on it. Uh, on Facebook, man, I, I have to send videos to certain coaches so that I know where they're at. I'm like, <laughs> that's that's how crazy it is. Like, I, I'm like, okay, like my assistant baseball coach, who's also our uh junior high head football coach he he i said he he and i have a facebook inbox conversation that's one way it's just videos because we don't talk to each other because we don't want to lose the videos we send them so we've created a library <laughs> so that we know where they're at because i'm like you man i share and like and i'm like man i saw this drill i really loved it but i can't find it <laughs> you know so i get it i get it man uh, oh but, yeah start, start sharing some film coach so we can talk okay. about this um, I mean, I think we could talk like this the rest of the night if we needed to, but. Oh, yeah. But uh, I know I kind of, before we go to the film, there's there's always somebody that always wants to ask about shotgun split back. And I'm not a big fan of it as your based offense. If you're going to run split back, you got to marry it, get your butt under center and get after it. There's nothing wrong with having a shotgun element. Uh, but what makes split back so hard to stop is the quickness of the dive. And you lose that in the gun. Yeah, and so I just wanted to throw that out there before somebody's like, "Well, shoot, only if he says run, quarterbacks can run." Yeah, he can get it. It allows him space to work, but if you get a gets a slow play in defensive end, um, you know, he can still make some plays. So I'm gonna start with just the playbook 
aspect of it. Yeah. I think that would make the most sense. Um, so our numbering system, yeah, I should have said that earlier. Our numbering system is, uh, is you know, typical two, four, six, yeah. eight to the right, and then one, three, five, seven, nine to the left. Um, and our right back is the two back, and our left back is the three back, and our quarterback is the one back. Yeah. Um, yeah, not rocket science. Like, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the number system, but that's just what we do, and this uh, we just roll with it. Um, I'm, I like conceptual stuff, but anyway. So let's look at 26 dives. So that's outside beer. Um, so um, it's pretty simple, and that's what I was talking about with the with the open gap. So my tackle will widen out, widen this end out, and in result, he widens out the backside backer, and um, you know maybe. Even, widens out the placeout backer but we're definitely gonna widen that end out and uh so he's gonna he's gonna scoop to the next level um what i teach my linemen not we don't do a great job of executing it but what i teach them is i want them to basically cut those linebackers yeah we're not diving for their ankles we're just going to torpedo through their hips and um we haven't got flagged for it now we don't do a great job of it but <laughs> um, we haven't got flagged for it yet and so, and then we have an open, so we have a closed A gap here. So he would tighten down and then he takes a, he cuts that one tech. Cut, cutting is not, is non-negotiable. Uh, if they don't cut in the game, then they know they got punishment work come Monday. And they still sometimes take the lazy way out and don't cut. And then, but I'll get it back out of them Monday. Uh, so we're going to cut and bear crawl to keep people from just falling and laying on them. Uh, open A for the center. So he scoops. This is where, this is where it all happens right here. It starts in the B gap. So if we got a B gap player, we're going to double team him. Um, we're not going to combo. I mean, you can combo him. if y'all have offensive linemen that can combo. Go for it. I don't. And so we're going to double this B. And um, so whomever he's attached to, I let them make the call. And there's no rhyme or reason to the attachment other than I mean, if he's a four eye, he's obviously attached to the tackle. But if he's kind of in the middle, I let them make a make a. a a call and so whomever makes the call whomever he's attached to has a straight on drive block so in his mind he's blocking that dude one-on-one -on -one. and um so he's got the post here then the one that didn't make the call he has a uh just a little old down block through his hip and he he shoulder blocks him old school um right through the hip and uh we've gotten actually gotten flagged before on high low doing this not a lot but we have because like if my you know if there's like a height differential sometimes there my guard will post that three tech up and then my tackle who wasn't expecting that guy to get kind of stood up like that he'll come through he was aiming for his hip but he ends up hitting him in the knee just you know and so we'll, we'll get up and it usually happens early in the game we'll get hit with a high low uh the tight end he downs the C. And um, so if he does not touch the uh, first person hit up to outside of him, that is the dive key uh, for outside beer. So he goes right through the sea and he pins the play side backer down inside. And um, so and this is what makes this play go. Um, this is why I love it versus inside beer, because if you're running inside beer to this front, uh, we'll, when we flip on inside beer, here in a second, your, your tight end actually releases and he's blocks uh, the player that's responsible for pitch. But you, if you can't combo, you don't have anybody 
for the play side backer. And so that, that becomes a problem. And uh, if he's any good, you know, and if he's, and if he's not any good, then you're probably not, you're probably going to be highly successful anyway. When you get into your big games and you got some dudes right here, uh, you better get them blocked or you're, you're going to be getting two and a half, three yards of carry. And, you know, I know that mathematically adds up to moving the chains, but it stresses me out as a play caller. <laughs> and if you fall behind on the chains, then you're screwed. And so, um, so yeah, that's how we block uh, outside of here. Up front, so this is what I teach my backs. <clears throat> they chase the double team. And I have a drill that we run or I put a towel where it's, it's just an inside drill that we run uh, where there's really no football. Uh, I put a towel on the tackle on his butt. And then he chases it and he cannot do anything until he catches that towel and veer. And once now, once he get once he grabs the towel out of the, you know, the crack of his butt, he can go be an athlete. Uh, but he has to chase and catch that double team. And so this line here is not really indicative of it. Let me see if I can modify that. That's, that's going to be my next, I mean, obviously quarterback footwork here in a second, but First, the back was the back's aiming point on your outside veer. Oh, he is aiming outside veer. He he aims, he chases the B and veers through the C. Okay. okay. Let me see if I can draw it better. So he's coming right here to the, you know, if you want to give him a landmark, say inside foot of the tackle. Um, so he's coming right here, but he but he can't do anything until he catches that double team. So um, theory, in theory, he's going to catch that double team on the other side of the line of scrimmage. All right, so you're going to create this surge right here of this wash. We'll see what it does to that linebacker, again, theoretically, is he feels right here and we're creating this mess. So this defensive end is going to run up. Okay. More times than not, they just run upfield. And all they need to run, if they run up one step, dive is going to pop, you know, as far as getting past him. And um, so if he comes upfield one step, which they all do, um, you're going to, he's going to chase that double team and then he's going to veer right through there. And so you've created a wall right here where you're tight end and then you're getting so this guy's coming up field for quarterback or pitch or you know whatever he's assigned to uh this guy comes up this guy comes up and then this dude here is kind of in la la land which we very rarely ever see this usually this guy's like down right here he's like a fifth linebacker <laughs> which is because here's the deal if we can pop that second level you know we're good um so i don't i don't mind a compressed box but that's that's it quarterback footwork Man, I got I got some DVDs from Paul Johnson, um, and what he said made a lot of sense. He said he don't overcoach his quarterback, whatever he's got to do to get to the mesh. And um, so, what we he he'll take the snap and he opens up. If my quarterback this year, he's a little bit slower, and he's not a he's he's got good speed, but he's not like quick. So he has to uh, – we had to kind of tighten the mesh down a little bit for him and so that we could ride the mesh because he's a really good pitcher, okay, as far as getting the ball out. The quarterback I've had previous to him were, were, was an athlete, so we, we kind of widened out the mesh point so that he can mesh as he's running, 
And then when he pulls it, he's he's full head of steam. And and I've got some clips of him and our new quarterback because our 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 one this year, he's a good pitcher, man. He he does a good job of riding the dive, pulling it, and then making the defense commit to him so he can pitch. My quarterback previously, he does a good he did a good job of pulling dive and going. You know, he he just wanted the ball in his hands and he was good at it, so I let him have it. But that's your that's your track. This dude right here, here's your two biggest coaching points after. Once you get everything installed and you get you feel good about the O-line and, and the actual mesh, is these two cats have to carry out their fate. Um the backside back, uh, you know, we don't we don't read it hundred percent of the time. And so when we call dive, the backside back, sometimes they, you know, they come out of their stance and watch the play. You know, they don't sell it to pull somebody out. And uh, so that's a that's a major coaching point. They just want to watch the play and the quarterback, he'll do the same thing. He'll mesh, hand the ball off, and he'll just he'll just watch it. You know. And so that's a when you when you get to that point when you're really hammering those details, you probably are really starting to roll a little bit. Uh, but that's just some of the little the little coaching points that come with it. Uh, receivers, depending on what these guys do, and um, and then if there's an, a true alley player, if there's like an alley player right here, he'll stalk and crack. Uh, if there's really nobody here, he'll just kind of stalk. And then, but these these guys here, they're usually if the corners are making tackles, then we're we're doing really good as far as getting a lot of yardage. So that's just how we handle that. Um, any questions on the outside here? No, that, you pretty much answered everything there. All right. Um, let me go back to look at inside veer. I love how unexcited you are talking about inside veer compared to outside. <laughs> inside veer. I'm gonna be honest with you. We ran inside veer this year better than we've ever ran it, and it's because uh, one of my assistant coaches, like coach. Inside beer's there. Run, run, freaking inside beer, and uh, we started running and it pops. I just, I love, I love outside beer, man. I love hey, it. You, you just sound so unexcited. <laughs> outside beer, inside beer. Yeah. <laughs> inside beer. Okay, you want to run inside beer to the open B gap? Um, not, not necessarily because of, and you'll see right here what I talked about earlier is if you have a B gap player, their rule is to double the B. And so you have no, unless you can combo, you have no one to account for this play side backer. So your dive key, you don't block the first person head up to outside the tackle. Even if your tight end's there on the inside veer, you don't block first person head up to outside the tackle. That's your dive key. So if you get a five tech right here, all right. And so you get a, you get a five and a one, well, we're going to double the A. Okay. And then we're going to get a free release up to this backer. And it's the same concept. The only difference is, is that instead of meshing in the B and veering through the C, we're going to mesh in the A, A-ish, kind of like the inside leg of the guard. And we're going to mesh uh, in the A and veer through the B. Um, now, <clears throat> we just started that part this year. Up to this point when we were first installing all this, uh, and I guess I should have answered this better earlier. When we first installed it, we were the outside veer. We were more meshing, more of the outside leg of the tackle, and really tacking the C gap. And then we were running inside veer, more of the outside leg of the guard, and really tacking the B. And the reason we started doing that 
is because not necessarily outside of here. I think outside of here, you can attack the sea and be successful. The reason we started doing it here because this edge is so short right here, especially this little five tech. He he can hit dive um, much faster than this seven right here, and so uh, we we kind of had a we uh, had a it's actually a JV running back. He he hit it in the game one day and it just popped, and I was like, "What did he do?" And went back and looked at film, and he just did wrong, and and messed right in the right up. He went to the quarterback, you know, just to go get the ball. And and he what it is it created a little bit of room for this defensive end, so we started drilling it that way, and we started just meshing tighter, and then getting across the line of scrimmage and veering to getting you know so this guy here would kind of run up field a little bit more, and um, and so yeah, we uh, that's 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 inside veer you know the same rules apply as far as your backfield goes your quarterback um, if it's meshing a little bit tighter he doesn't really have a lot of footwork he just turns you know just. Don't overcomplicate with your quarterback. Let him be comfortable um, because we have – we run three different quarterbacks in our program right now, and all three of them do it differently, <laughs> and all three of them are fine. So, um, so inside beer is more attacking the inside leg of the guard. So it's a, it's essentially it's attack A, beer B. Attack A, beer B. Outside beer is attack B, beer C. How, how different are the blocking roles between the two? I mean – they're, just... they're almost the same. If you get down to the nut cutting, so – so backside tackle scoops the B, backside guard scoops the A, center scoops play side A. Okay, and that's where it kind of gets into the if ends. So if even an out, even an inside veer. So inside veer, if there's a play side A, uh, he's got it by himself. All right. So out, if it's outside veer, he's got a play side A. He's got it by himself. Uh, if it's inside veer, he's got a play side A. He's getting double team from the guard. All right. Play side B, we're going to double the play side B. And um, uh, that's inside That's inside veer. And outside veer the way we run it. Now, if you were running outside veer the way you want to read in these little books, that it double you double the C. So if you have a C gap player, if the tackle – he have, so if he has a B gap and a C gap player and you're running outside veer – by rule, he doubles the C gap with the tight end. Okay. Inside Veer, if he has a B gap player and a C gap player, he doubles the B. Okay. Okay. And um, so, but yeah, that's that's on paper the way the way the rules are set up, the way Yeoman and all these cats set this up is inside Veer we're going to double the B, outside Veer we're going to double the C. But very rarely do you have a – if you have an actual C-gap player, that means you usually have an open B-gap. So you just run inside beer, and your tight end beer releases. So, um, so, so, okay, let me – let's go back to that real quick. So if you come out and you, you're, you're running to the tight end side and mm -hmm. your C-gap is – oh, sorry, wait, you're – I'm trying to think how to word this now. Um, the C-gap is taken, but the B-gap is open – you'll switch to inside beer or you should anyways. You switch and, to inside beer. And really it, it turns into the same rule for the tight end. He's still just beer releasing except for he's got nobody in his gap now. Correct. Okay. Yeah. You you can check. I know uh, I know a lot of schools they check uh they get to the line of scrimmage and they check to in, inside outside based off of defensive alignment. Um we haven't quite gotten to that point yet. Uh I mean I say we I mean we could but 
you know. Um, but that's that's what you that's what I found. We're gonna run if we got an open B, we're gonna run inside of here. If we got an open C, we're gonna run outside of here. Yeah, because you got to get the linebacker blocked. So if you have a C gap player and you run outside beer, you're tight in. You run into the same problem. Who's blocking the the place I backer? Yeah. Okay. If you're so if you're uh, if you have an open C, then he can go block the place I backer. If you have an open B, then your tackle can go block the place I backer. Yeah. I'm just working out front of my head, so just. I'm going to tell you, when I first started doing this, I just sat here and just drew a bunch of fronts. And um, I go back and watch film. Like, and I'd, and like uh, if I had an understanding film from anybody, I just watched it. And I was like, okay, this is the front. What would I do to this front? Yeah. And, and I'm just, thinking, because, like, the, the, the nat like, I'll use Wing T as an example. Like, the default answer in a lot areas is an under front. You go five or three backside. You go one, three, one, five, nine to the front side. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, okay, you'd technically run inside veer there. And so your the five would become the dive key, right? Right. And then the nine is your pitch key. Yes. Yeah. Second person. So you uh you just count it. So the first person, like on outside veer, first person hit up to outside, the tight end is your dive key. Then the next person is your pitch key. So the next person outside of that. Whether he's a D lineman, whether he's a safety, whether he's a backer, whatever, that's that's your dive key. And then inside viewers, just go down one more gap. First person head up to outside the tackle, and that's where it gets kind of funky on inside veer. If you're running true triple reading everything, is that if you run an inside veer and you have a five tech and a nine tech, that's going to hit fast. So you're going to ride that. You're going to read your five, and if you pull it, well, that nine is right there in your grill. So you're, it's just going to be, it's going to be a very fast pitch. Um, so it's kind of a, it's kind of a tricky front, and that's why I think people run knockdown fronts to, uh, to a tight end, it's just so that they could they can force the pitch, uh, really how, quick. How much of that under front do you see? Every now and then, we don't see a lot. Um, man, we've seen so much stuff. Gosh, dog, we've seen so much stuff. Uh, but we we don't see it a lot. The little the little knockdown front. Um, so you got a one, a five, nine to the tight end. Yeah. Um, we don't see it, but here's the deal. If we do see it, I'm going to go two tight ends and I'm going to run, I'm going to run to the other strong side. Now I'm going to run outside here to the weak side now. And, uh, because that front, you're giving me a good outside of your front over there. So you're giving me an inside of your front to the strong side. And you're giving me, if I go two tight ends, you're giving me an outside of your front to the weak side, but I still have a three man. I have three man surface on both sides. So what happens is a lot of people, when we go to tight ends, a lot of people check to an eagle front and they'll go zero, three, four, I, you know, however they line up and nines. And then that outside of your eats that up. And uh, so that's what I, that's what, that's what, uh, I, I don't think I was telling, I was telling someone the other day that that's what we, I did. We, we, we throw, I throw a lot of formations out there until I find the one that gives me, um, uh, the, the best outside beer look that I can run. And so I just started throwing formations at you. And then and, um, I had a, a friend of mine in school couple, last year. Uh, because we have a depth issue, because our tight ends are usually our starting linebackers too. And so I try to stay out of two tight ends as much as I can just to appease my defense coordinator. 
and my head coach and not be selfish. <laughs> so uh, two tight end is like my last, my last check. And well, they run flex bones. So needless to say, we only had two possessions in the first half. <laughs> and, um, and so I couldn't get to two tight end and they were, they were doing some funky stuff. Like they, they had it schemed up. Now I, I dip my hat to him, man. He had schemed up as far as tendencies and whatnot. And when we went too tight in, I checked it too tight. He went to a basic, the most basic front he ran. He went to zeros and uh, and threes. And we stayed in it all night long. And he ne they never adjusted, thank God. Uh, because our our regular stuff, he, he I mean, man, I'm telling you, dude, it's like he was in the huddle with us. He knew exactly what we were running. I, I, I called him the next day and – Tip my hat to him, man. He, he did a great job of scheming us up for that. But all right, so outside beer. Let me see. So, um, we got zero. So let's go to twenty-two. Let's show you a little end zone here. Clip fifteen. So we hit this one a little bit wider. This is the kid I said earlier. It's got a little NAI offer um and you'll see man our offensive line is not is not great uh they're good they're good enough but see how we pin number 30 in right there that's what kind of makes outside beer go so we had we have the open sea all right and you can see man they got they got people packed in here like sardines right here and uh we have a true zero here now i don't know what they do but this is another thing. When you when you go to your block and roll, I've got some great clips of this from another school. We'd call it a scoop exchange, where if we get a true zero, the center don't touch him. The center scoops right through the A gap and tries to come right through here, and the guard has to cut the zero. And so, <clears throat> but we're going to double the B, and we're going to down the C and pin this play side backer in there, and that's going to get us three or four yards. And if this guy runs up and this guy does something stupid, then we got to play. So he pins him down in there. And, you know, he's gone. Uh, now we – so, okay, so the, my guard got cussed. My backside guard got cussed out. Uh, so my place at my center, he does a good job of getting around him. Clears him, but he – my guard was like, well, he went to the A-gap, so he's not mine anymore. And so that guy could have been a problem, but it hit so fast. Very rarely does a nose guard ever ever create us a problem, um, unless we try to run trap. Now he becomes a problem with trap. But that that's the outside beer. And we're too tight in here. So this was kind of like the front. I was, I was telling you about what we're looking for. We get the double team. And then we're off. Uh, let me see. So I got another clip of this season. This is a sideline clip six. It's the first play of the game, actually. Uh, that makes it easy. Yep. So we're in unbalanced right here, and they never adjusted. So we got um, we got numbers now. Now we got two people blocking on play sidebacker, and. Um, So. 
I, I know you were calling it outside beer, but to me, it almost looks just like dive beer instead of yes. just like. Because that's the way we, we've started because we're attacking the bee and veering to the sea instead of yeah. going straight to the sea. It, it, it looks the same. Um, and this is okay. So this quarterback here, this is one I was talking about. He's a good athlete in his own right. He's not a terrible athlete. He's just not shifty, quick, fast. Like, he, you know, he's just, he's just a little downhill runner type kid. And he can't quite get out there, you know. So we just have to modify some things to fit him. And, and um, he does a great job of doing what we ask him to do. And you see the end run upfield. Uh, they're going to run upfield, man. And, and even the well-coached teams, they run upfield. The difference is their defensive ends are athletic enough to recover. And so they'll what you'll, you'll – I've seen them run upfield and, and then stop and dive at the, at the dive back. Uh, but we still get – we'll still get a few yards. Man, let's put it this way. We played West Monroe High School, and if anybody ever is familiar with Louisiana, West Monroe was a national program, uh, won some national championships, you know, in the early – in the early 2000s and have won a crap ton of state championships. And they're, they're a darling for 5A football in Louisiana. And we played them this year, had no business playing them. Um, it's kind of like, you know, why does ULM play Alabama? But we played them and – uh, we averaged two and a half yards carry. We just could not block their linebackers. You know, that's just what it come down to. The defensive line wise, we were we were able to hold our own, and so that's why I say I don't really worry about uh, linebackers, man, uh, defensive linemen, because as long as it's relative, we're, we're fine. Because it just hits so fast. Uh, inside beer. Um. This was a fast. This is a high scoring game right here, brother. They run single wing. We run split back. Neither defense showed up. Uh, final score was fifty something to forty, or fifty something to high forties. It, it was a shootout, cause. Uh, so, this is inside beer. Gonna run this week. And to me, this is the reason I showed this clip. This is a great example of of attacking attacking the A gap and veering through the B gap uh, on the other side of the line of scrimmage. So like we mesh, it's a tight mesh. I wish I had end zone, end zone camera quit working this game. So we mesh right here. You can see the quarterback didn't do much. Like he didn't have to go down the line of scrimmage. He basically just opens and we mesh in the A and he is chasing that double team. And then when he catches 52, our play side tackle pinned the backer down inside. And he veered, he veers through the B. And and we got everybody kind of sucked in. We pinned that linebacker down. And now he's just one-on-one -on -one with, you know, with some DBs. And, you know, I would love, I mean, we would love for every play to go 60 yards, but you know, if we're getting four or five yards of carry, yeah, that's good enough for me, you know, when you're trying to win ball games. Mm -hmm. And so he just veers through there and does his thing. So that's inside beer. Um, let me show you my quarterback from last year as far as what you can do in the quarterback run game. This guy here, like I said, this, this one's a pitcher, and I'll show you. Matter of fact, I got this. Let me see. Uh, let me see. I got clip 77 right there. Okay, so this is inside beer again. That's what I'm talking about. This dude was just – this dude refused to go down, man. And um, so scheme got him three, and then him just wanting to get in the end zone 
got him the other five. And you can't coach that. That's just heart and desire and trying to win a district championship. But really good dive back there. All right. Um, so let's watch. Let's look at a pitch real quick. So let's go to clip 100. So while you're pulling that up, so like when you teach inside and outside veer, the only real they just need to know the number differences to know how to block differently. You don't teach us yep. two separate plays essentially. Yep. It is a 24 dive and 26 dive, 33 <laughs> dive and 35 dive. Okay. An option, and so um, or veer. Uh, I call veer if I want a true triple read. Um. And then I call we, – we run it a couple different ways, but I'll call dive to run to hand the dive. I'll call veer to read it. I call option to, to do like a play action, just fake it, and then we run option. And then I call read where the quarterback has a uh, – I love running this inside veer to a five-tech. We'll call it 33 read where we run inside veer dive, but he reads that five-tech, and it's, so it's a give pull. He don't have a – he does not have a pitch option. It's just give pull. And so, uh, but again, that's all in your quarterback. You know, this is a first year starter for us. So we, I did a lot of calling next year. We'll, we'll get, you know, we'll let him read a little bit more. Um, but here's, here's, here's option. Now this, well, let me, let me check how I, I highlighted this play. So he runs mesh, he meshes, 14 takes the dive. And he pitches right off of six and he does a good job right there and gets us – moves the chains, actually, I think, gets us gets us the first down. Yep. All right. And so, everything's blocked the same. Just a good pitch, man. So, let me go to the play before, though. All right. He got kind of fussed at right here because I called option, and I said, bro, pitch the dang ball. He was scared to pitch. He didn't want to – because we, we had had some bad pitch issues coming into this game, so his confidence was broken. And uh, and so he this this number six kind of got him caught in the middle. But like I told him, I said, "Man, if you pitch it, he can't tackle six. Like six cannot tackle the running back." And so just pitch the ball. And then from that moment on, he pitched it because I forced him to. And then, dude, he had a that this was week uh, week eight. And man, the next four weeks, dude, he he pitched some dimes on. And uh, so. My favorite pitch of the year came in this game, actually. And I was, I was telling you earlier how I think he does a good job of kind of baiting the defense so that he can pitch. He doesn't really want to run the ball. Not that he doesn't want to run it. He just would rather hit the running backs get it. And so he does a good job right here of making everybody suck in, and then he pitches at the last second. He put the Ronnie Bass, Sunshine, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I talked to somebody today, like, if you look at, like, three of the most fa- – I can't remember what the third one is, but, like, three of the most famous movies of all time are all split-back veer football yeah. movies. Remember the Titans and uh, We Are Marshall are both split-back veer. You know, if you watch Friday Night Lights, the, you know, the, act, the movie, not show with the movie, if you watch some of the movie highlights from the movie, they're in split-back. Yeah. Uh, they're 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 in split back. I mean, they, they, not a that's not an X's nose deal. They don't really make it up, but they're in split back. And then if you go back and read the book, they were they were actually a wing T team and Booby played fullback. Uh, but yeah, so he he pulls it, and so it does. So here's a here's a footwork deal. Okay, so when we run option, 
or when we when we run veer, anything that he could possibly pull the dive. All right, is when he pulls it, I make him belly, just in case he makes the wrong read, and the defensive end does not take the run back. He uh, when he pulls it, he kind of bellies a little bit, so they can create a little bit of space. So let me see. So he meshes here. And if you look, he just kind of takes a little step back just to create a little bit of room. Some people teach the mesh into the line of scrimmage and ride it and then hit it more at a 45-degree angle off here. And that just doesn't work for us. So we mesh in the backfield. And if we pull it, I just make him belly it a little bit. And it does two things. The biggest problem I've run into with split back, and I talk to eye people, and this is why they went to the eye, or so they say, pitch relationship is really tough because it's not downhill because they're they're on lateral, so they're going side to side, and they're trying to get outside, and they're trying to kind of get downhill to pitch. And it, it, it's pitch relationship. you got to really work pitch relationship. Um, so I've learned if we if we belly it a little bit, it gives that pitch back a little bit more time to get there. Now, did not do that with this, with my previous quarterback. Uh, so let's go to, you wanna say something pretty? Mm -hmm. First play of the game, counter pass. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the other thing, and, and I've talked about that with a couple guys. It's funny that the offense that has three eligible receivers near the line <laughs> of scrimmage is a ha, historically has a better passing attack than the flex bone who has four. Like, if you watch, like, if you watch, uh, there's a thing on Billy Yeoman on um, YouTube. Like, it's really short, and it yeah. mentions like his like first game he won running the split back veer. Like the whole last, like eight of the last, like ten plays were all passes. Mm -hmm. Like, if you it, historically you've been able to throw out of it. Yeah, because like I said earlier, you're going to get one on one. You're going to get one on one. So if you got two receivers that can that are dudes, uh, Gina, the school that said got beat in the semifinals this past year, they had a receiver and he played receiver for them. Now he went to LSU and had a really good career at LSU. Ended up having a uh, he was a full time starter his last two years. You know, he didn't jump in the portal. You know, he stayed there and paid his dues and worked his tail off. And, uh, and dude, you talk about a team that runs split back veer and, and you've got a receiver that is, is an SEC commit. What, what, what are you going to do? You're going to bracket him and take one person out of the box, you know? And so if you've got some actual receivers, like some guys that can go, oh man, they're going to love it. They're one on one all the time. And look at this space right here. I mean, you you got you got space throwing now routes. You can do so much stuff because where is this guy looking? He's playing the run. Look at the safety. He's down here now. This is a we're in a two tight end. We're in a wing set right here. But uh, but yeah. So this is this is a quarterback keeper. So he went he went pitching the ball, bro. <laughs> he pulled that dive to do his thing, man. And he he was a cat. Now he's. He's uh, he plays center field for me. He's uh, he signed with a little uh, NAI school, uh, playing playing baseball. He's a really good athlete, great kid, 
been playing quarterback since like third grade. So this was he was destined to be this guy, I guess. Did a great job, man. Um let's see. <clears throat> So got some end zone right here. So yeah, he hits it. He hit it more wide because he could really get out there. And so he hit it running. So we actually meshed in the C gap. And it, what it is, it's a continuous movement for the quarterback. And it really sucks. At it. So the, you talking about hitting fast, man. That defensive end has to make a decision. And look, look at look at the pitch back. He knows he ain't, he ain't pitching. He ain't pitching ball. So <laughs> he gone, man. He, and watch watch what he does. This is cool. You, you talking about culture and buying in and wanting to win ball games. Watch watch eight. Boom. It's the big block as we're going in the end zone. And there's his dad. His dad's our athletic director. That was a really sweet moment for the kids there. Uh, but that's that's that if you got a really good guy at quarterback, you can you can ride your dives out so that it makes him more um more effective in the Q in the Q run game of uh of Veer. If he's more of a pitcher and uh like I said, I'm a, I hate and I hate to. I feel like I'm down in my current. I love my current quarterback. He is, he is a great kid. He runs the offense probably the way it was intended to be run, um, and a really good passer. And uh, but they're just two different kids. But I don't think I could have any two two extremes here. So I got a really really good athlete here, and then my other kid, you know, he's just a good quarterback more complete quarterback. He's he's twice as good as a passer as this one. And a way better pitcher. Way better. This kid here, he, if he pitches it, if he pitches with his left-handed, if he pitches with his right, he might shock put it over the sideline. But he did a good job. Um, to be honest, I'd be more interested to see the current year quarterback, just so I can see what the more realistic – meshes look like yeah, the normal kid yeah, yeah. because um, not everybody gets the center field NIA kid who's gonna like i mean uh, let me see here da, 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 da. trying to find some end zone from this year <clears throat> all right so this is west monroe this is west monroe freaking high school um you're not going to get any any better than this like they're a national program all right so now preface all this again um why does alabama play a sunbelt school you know that, that's kind of what's going on here for us so uh <laughs> yeah i'm just i'm not gonna say it but that's you know what i'm saying so um you can see i think this is a great job so i told my backs because this this game we knew what this game was we're going to go there and repeat. We're going to fight. We're going to get better. We're going to have fun. Uh, but we're going to stay safe. We're going to protect ourselves. So I put our backs at three yards so they couldn't take a shot. And uh, 
And so we we tightened our, we tightened everything down a little bit to protect them. So I didn't want to run into wide open field and just getting beyond. I was okay with them slamming to the line of scrimmage and 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 but not getting square contact. So you can look right you can look right here. All right, you see how there's what I was talking about how their feet are on the quarterback's heels. Yeah, so that's our kind of our standard width for them. Their heels are at three yards. Yeah, one, two, three. Their heels are at three. All right. So this is inside veer and outside veer. This is all we pretty much ran this game. Um, so now the result is not going to be there, but you can see everything. So a little two yards here. That's outside veer. Of course, you know, we're just getting whipped. That's a great – to me, this is a great of the of the of the veer jump cut deal. Now, this kid's a freshman, number one. And that, and when I say we veer, I actually when we rip this in Indos, I have a dummy set up, and they attack the dummy. And then when they get to the dummy, they jump cut to another dummy. If that make if that makes sense, if you can see that. Yeah. Here. And so. Like I'm not doing anything super creative here, just just trying to drill some basic stuff. But that just it, okay, just so I'm re looking at these right. That's just inside beer, right? What's my tight end do? Nope, this is outside beer. Uh, okay. Okay, yeah, I see it now. Okay, yeah, I was looking. I was trying to look at the path of the running back. Yeah. Now this this kid's a freshman, so he is uh he does he doesn't do everything perfect yet. Yeah. But but you can see it. He he meshes in the B, the mesh points in the B, and then he veers through the C. All right, so this is inside veer, I think. No, outside veer. Don't know why that starred. Somebody got a highlight in here somewhere. Well, I mean, <laughs> highlight is a subjective term. Yeah. You know that's with high school kids. I mean, you know this idea. This is just when you're playing that team, that's – Yeah, this, yeah. this is what's happening. Now, we actually – we got two first downs and the first two drives, and uh, we threw counter pass. And uh, I'll just – I'll show it to you while I'm here. But you can see how tight our backs are and how how fast it hits, you know. We actually went three tight end this game, um, because that's a that's a really good formation to use is to go unbalanced, put your two tight ends on the same side, and it's a cheap unbalance, and you get to keep your two man surface on the other side, so it does the changes for them. It's a it's a really cheap unbalance. Um, nice stadium though, dude. It's unreal. Uh, Unreal.
This is counter pass. Boop. See, like I said, this is this is what my quarterback does well right here. I mean, he delivers a good ball. Uh, no pressure, just boop, drops right on in, moves the chains. You know, but that's that's West Monroe. Um, trying to think of. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I'll do. Let's go to our playoff game. So you'll get an idea. This game was 26-22 as a final score. We won on a uh, uh, on on the defense on the field. They got the ball like on a 30, drove it 70 yards themselves, and we had a fourth down stand, fourth and goal from the five stand to win the Those game. Those are fun. I like my uh year at Westland, our head coach graduated from Delaware, so we played Delaware and um we won at the very end of the game. They had four plays from inside the five, didn't score. And we won as time expired because of they didn't score. It's a yeah, great. This, this, you talking about complimentary football? Uh, this was a great game. This is the first round game, so it, it's going to be two even teams. We're a 17 seed and they're a 16 seed, so we're about as evenly gives so a slight PowerPoint difference. And uh, we go down there, man. They're down in Baton Rouge area, about a three hour drive for us. And we go down there, and they're running. They're running Kenny Simpson's uh, shotgun tee, gun tee. That's what that's what they run. And uh, and we're we're split back and and uh, it goes back and forth and we're down um, we're down two scores going to the fourth quarter and um, we drive we go like on a seventy yard drive score and then uh, uh, I think we onside kicked or they fumbled the kick or something happened on the kickoff return and then we score again take the lead and then they get the ball back with like six minutes to go, and they march it all the way downfield, bro. We're sitting there panicking. You know, offensive coaches, I'm like, God, just give me the ball. Like, just give me the ball. We can score, you know. And then uh, we had we had the goal line stand to win the game with the uh, 20 seconds left. We had, to, we, had, we had to take the knee, so uh, it was pretty cool. But that's what I'll do. I'll, sh I'll just go play-by-play -play on this first drive right here um, and give you a – you know, I don't want anybody to think I'm just showing, like, good plays. Like, I'll show you the first drive. This is a – I would say a normal drive for us. Mm. Hey, you're, you're coaching against me, who just loves weird onside kicks. Towards the end of the year, I had three kickers on the field at the same time, so I could kick any direction. It was fun. Yeah, we got a couple of them too. All right, so first play, run G lead. Running my freshman running back does not block a soul. Probably would have been a house call. If he'd have blocked a, if he'd have blocked his linebacker right here, why don't you put why are your running backs in two points and not three point stances? Okay, so we change snap count based off play, and so G lead is a play that we run on set because uh, it's an off tackle run for our running backs. So I think it's easier for them to move. That's one less because they're not getting out of the three point stance, so they're they're running from two point stance, and my lineman like pulling from a two-point stance. Okay. So their hands go on the ground on set. So we run plays on first sound. We run plays on set. We run plays on one is our def default. And then we have uh, we have plays where we run it on two. Like it's built in. Like when we run this play, we're running it on two. And um, so that's just part of our offense. That's another thing, man. You Snap counter can become your friend. Uh, uh, jumping people off sides, the roll and start. We get flagged for it from time to time, but um, – you want to watch a rolling start, watch Katie High School. Them some guns, they're rolling, brother. There ain't no pause and their uh, hands on the line of scrimmage. So, first down, you know, we can still get three yards on my box. All right. So, we get uh, outside of here. 
He fights, gets us two or three yards here. But you see, there's it's not a wide mesh here. He, we're meshing right here in the B, and he just chases it. And when he gets to the double team, when he catches 77, basically, he kind of jump cuts and gets in there. So it's it's I didn't do a really good job there, Washington. Yes. Down. This kid here, man, this kid here, we're going to miss him. Um, he's he's going after this year, man. Phenomenal. He he came here as a running back, and uh, he 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 was that fullback type kid, and uh, he you know because most kids were like, uh, you know, he wanted to run the ball, and I was like, man, you want to play tight end? He goes, coach, I want to do whatever it takes to win. I'll play tight end. I don't care. And so he started playing our extra tight end as a sophomore, and then took over as a full time starter. Phenomenal man, very selfless kid. Yeah, all these kids are selfless. Seventy seven. This isn't, he's not our starting tackle. Uh, we had a situation where he had to get, he's normally a linebacker. He also was a running back. I can't make this up. He was a running back his freshman year for us. And he's really our starting linebacker, but we got kind of thin on depth. And so he's, his number is actually 20, uh, yeah. 24. And so he, but he's having to wear 77 for this game. Selfless, man. That's, that's part of the culture of it. So we move the sticks. Looks like inside beer based off of there. And see the veer, the the jump cut veer thing kind of didn't work for us right here, you know, but we're not perfect, man. This is unbalanced. We still got what two yards? I mean, it's yeah. not like it's a bad it's like if well, you place two that, yards, that's and not that's what I love. We don't have negative plays. The only time we have a negative play is if we have a bad pitch. And so we're very efficient. You know, we're, we're going to make the def – the defense has to defend us. There's no incomplete pass that's going to bail you out, if you know what I'm saying. Like, you're going to get us for four plays because pretty much we're – once we cross that 40-yard line-ish, we're in, we're in four-down territory. So you got – for 60 yards, you got to defend four plays. And uh, – and of those four plays, almost none of them are going to be negative. And so, if we're getting – if we're really getting some yardage, now we can throw the ball. We feel comfortable throwing. Okay, well, you know, now you got to defend another element. Well, that's statistically why the NFL runs duos because it's rarely a, a negative play. It's usually right. zero or more. Yep. See, we jumped him right here. See, so, okay, so this is a great example. First down, we got – it looked like we got two, but I guess we didn't. So we're we're second and ten. So we just go on two. Boom. We get our five yards. <laughs> now we're now we're second and medium, you know. And um I can't tell you how many games we've won on jumping the defense in crucial moments. Um it's just it's just a it, it, it's part of our playbook. All right, so you know, I was talking about how I give my linemen – I had an older line, so I give them some lenience. They got in the huddle, and they noticed that their D-line wasn't getting their hand in the ground until our kids put their hand in the ground. So, we started running dive on set and first sound. I let, they did that in the huddle on their own, you know. And uh, it's just a trust, trust factor. Let's see, we got them. So we're, we're, we're hitting the quickness of dive and we're not, and the D lineman is really not, they're not balanced. 
And so you can sneak stuff in there, man. You you snap count to your advantage. We build our plays in. We have certain plays that have certain snap counts. And um, so run dive. Wish I could see which dive that was. I'm thinking inside veer because the tight ends on this side, we weren't too tight in until the second half of this game. So we run inside veer. This school had two D linemen. These two defensive linemen right here were some dudes, man. Uh, one of them was their pulling guard and the offense, and the other one was their uh, – what's it called? Quick guard, strong guard, or whatever. That's what the other one was. He was a down-blocking machine. Yep. Inside veer. See, they were giving us the open B. Touchdown. See why he's not, he don't like keeping it. He's just, he just, he can't stick his foot in the ground and go. Like, he just doesn't have that, that, that go. And it's just, but he's like, I said, why didn't you pitch? Coach, I, I thought I could break the goal line. So that's all that matters, buddy. Got our two points. That's another thing, man. We 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 hardly ever kick extra points. We we're a two point team, and so our theory is if you know the fifty percent, hundred percent deal, and then um, biggest thing is is if you if we can get two points and you can't, then we're gonna score an extra touchdown. You know, it starts widening that gap out and puts pressure. And second half, man, if we get a two score lead, we feel really good, really really good because uh, we're gonna take that ball away. So. But man, what else, man? Uh, uh, I think I've shown you. I've shown you the good, the bad. Uh, I actually went. I've, I've never done that before. I just, I just went through a drive, man. And, and that, and that drive is a microcosm of what we do. Now we run more count. We run like in the second half of this game. We ran counter and G lead because those ends we were they were you know they were so typically first half we're gonna run a lot of dive and make those ends start crashing down. Let the defense line coach cuss some kids out and let them let them start taking dive. Well, when they start squeezing down we'll start running off tackle and, you know, running counter and G lead. And so that's kind of, and we'll run sweep around them too. So that's kind of what we do, man. We don't, we don't hide what we are. And Can I you like show me some of your counter from the second half? I'm just curious with that kind of like a little more. And in... yeah, let me see if I can find, I don't have it marked. I know what I got it marked in this game because it's a, I was showing my freshman running back how to run counter. So, just the next motion, the freshman back didn't do a good job of selling his, doing his faking part, but. You get the X in the backfield, you get GT counter. And what I teach him, my backs, is we're always looking for the jump cut. Um, so they're supposed to attack the, attack the defensive end and jump cut in. He just jump cut it really early here because he saw it.
So yeah. that's GT, baby. And then I run another one. I don't, we didn't run it very much. So like the other counter we would run, instead of him Xing, he runs toss. And then the quarterback just turns and then you know, running back does the same thing. So we call that counter. And this is cross. So one of the, the X is cross and then the counter is the fake toss. Yeah. Um, so. Do you ever flip your backs? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, um, why? Uh, it depends. Um, sometimes because we just want to run right because they got a dude on the left side. <laughs> so we just want to run right and, uh, and our back gets tired. So we just, we have a, we have a flip call. We just flip them. Um, sometimes it's because I want to get a specific person the ball. Like this year with the freshman senior combo, when we needed, when the game was kind of on the line type deal, we would give the ball to 20. Um, uh, the, and the freshman, he was good at some things. Like he was, he was really good at, uh, get the ball in space like he, he was if we wanted to pitch it to somebody well, sometimes I'd, I'd flip it to pitch it to him and because Didi was such a good dive back he would suck that defensive in a lot and so we would make everything flow better but yeah we flip them there there's no rhyme or reason other than I want to run a certain direction with a certain kid or I want to run a certain direction with a certain kid based on a certain play um you know so that's just kind of, or we just want to rest a kid because we're running, we have to run because for whatever reason, the defense is not lined up to unbalance to the right side. And we're just going to keep running right until they adjust. And so we got to rest the back a little bit. So, um, but yeah, we, we flip them. Okay. All right. No, I think that's about it. So um, coaches, um, I know he's got a Twitter account. He doesn't really use, Um so follow him on Twitter. I know he's on Facebook. I know he's in the split back beer um, group on um, Facebook. If you don't know if there's a split back beer group on Facebook, there's a split back beer group on Facebook. If you just type in split back beer, it will pop up. Um, and it's, it's actually fairly active, surprisingly. Like you wouldn't think it would be, but it's a fairly active. Like, it get, it, it's gotten kind of, it's kind of stale as of late. Uh, funny story because uh the playoff game last year the head coach of that school was part of that group <laughs> so, so we i had to go in there and be like oh snap i had to cut some stuff out and uh um and and just from a advantage standpoint and so but yeah we we were really active when we first started that started that page is a funny story but i'll, I'll just save it because it's, it's kind of a long one but go ahead um, you know if you want to go ahead I, I, that, okay so i want to learn i want to learn split back i was talking to a guy that knew split back and he said i'm gonna start a facebook page we were both uh, partaking in some activities and uh and a few beers into it next thing i know i'm an admin of a facebook page the whole goal was just to add the local people like the regional the state the state of louisiana split back people just to kind of get get us a forum and then next thing i know we got three thousand people and i'm like what in the hell just happened and so we just kind of started rolling with it a little bit and uh, it's fun and and what i do is i meet coaches and i'll i do uh, i do like private little zoom calls with people i'm not gonna say all the time i'm not that popular but any, i'm a very open book when it comes to split back and uh because there's not a lot of resources on it. It's just such a prehistoric offense, I guess, that I guess they don't, I mean, other than Pop Warner stuff, um, we just, uh, 
it's the, it's old, so it's hard to find stuff. And so I was that guy a couple of years ago, and we, uh, um, and I was able to piece this stuff together with some books and some friends and picking brains. And so I, I don't, I feel like I owe that to the community of coaches that, you know, I had to beg and borrow steel and learn on my own. You know, if I can help someone, I want to help someone. So I'm very open about it. Uh, as my head coach says, it's not a little too open about it, but uh, I love Slipback, man. I can talk about it all day. Uh, well, that's, I mean, if again, to your point, like it's a very Louisiana thing for some reason. Um, the last college that really ran it heavily was Carson Newman, and that died out. I mean, they just rehired, they just hired the Navy guy, so they might run a little, little bit more yeah. again because Navy has kind of ran some split back stuff over the years. I mean, it's not like their base, but like I know they ran a couple sets out of it this year. Um, but yeah, to your point, like it's it's Louisiana and then a couple high schools here and there throughout the country. It's got a little pocket in northern Michigan. I know that. Yep. Like I've talked to like there's the Michigan guy that did the Chief Pitskin stuff. I was talking to another guy the other night who I think you've talked to too, um, who's switching from the air raid to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I you probably know who I'm talking about. Um yeah. Yeah. he he uh I'm actually supposed to do a Zoom call with him um over break. Uh you know, as far as meet with his coaches. And that's another thing, is that you know <laughs> If you want to run split back, you got to be all in. Uh, there can't be no doubt because your kids are going to sense it. And it, you have to have ever all your coaches have to be all in on it. And uh, the most important coach to your offense is going to be your offensive line coach. Um, and that's what I like about the offense because, you know, if I ever get an opportunity to become a head coach again and I end up at some little small school where I got limited coaching staff, I feel very, very, very confident I can – operate this offense and coach you get at a highly competitive level with me and just somebody, you know what I'm saying? Uh, somebody that'll just do what I ask them to do type deal. I feel very confident that uh, that's you can coach split back with two people. And well, uh, I don't think there's a lot oh, like, Oh, line wise. It doesn't seem like there's a lot with it. Like, I mean, it's down blocks, ba- uh, double teams and essentially scooping slash cutting. I mean, it's not, it's rule-based. The biggest thing is your adjustments. You have to be able – because I'm telling you, you're not going to be able to say, all right, this team's a 4 team and then practice 4 all week. Like Mondays we practice against an even front, and then Tuesdays we practice against an odd front, and then Wednesdays we practice against a combination of the fronts. And um, we just rely on rules. And then the first drive we figure out what they're running. And then – so you have to adjust a little bit. Like this year's O-line is going to be really young, and so I'll have to be more involved with the – with coaching this the line I had the past this past year was was older the only one that didn't come back that wasn't a returner was my center uh the other four were returning and um and so they they knew it and they knew the adjustments and so I didn't have to really help as much to per se they just kind of rolled with it they knew what to do you got to learn your rules and you got to learn your your steps your blocks and then once you I have we have a player that I say a player he's a coach now and he played in it. And uh, he told me that once he learned the rules, he he understood everything. He said, but when he learned the the footwork to how to how what's the best way to make this actual block itself, like it's knowing what to do, the knowing how to do it is two different things. And he said once he knew, once he really understood the offense conceptually and understood the proper footwork to actually getting the block done, uh, he said that's when everything just started becoming very easy for him 
Um, and so it's, it's rule-based. And, 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 and I know a lot of people say that. This is 100% rule, but there's nothing a defense can throw at you that you don't have a rule for. Um, now, if, if they got better Jimmys and Joes, like we ran to a school, you know, they went on to win the state championship. You know, the school that Devontae Smith came from, um, we gave them hell for a half because, like, we got inside the red zone uh, three times in the first half. She couldn't punch it in in 21. And uh, we went in halftime down 12 to nothing. And uh, they come out in the second half with their hair on fire. And they just put everybody in the gap. They put six down linemen. And they filled every dang gap. And we just – we at that point, we were getting out athleted. We weren't getting out schemed. And, uh, and they beat us. Uh, you know, fast forward two years later, they lost to an I team that runs a lot of inside and outside of your stuff, but they had the dudes to mash them and they did the exact same thing. They lined up, they put, they put, it covered every, every offense alignment and they stacked the backers and just kind of create chaos, but they had linemen that could actually move their D linemen and they gashed them. They popped them for 50 points. And so there's nothing the defense can do to you from a scheme standpoint that you can't handle. Now, Talent, that's a whole different animal. Uh, but scheme-wise. Yeah, but but it, it, the talent disparity, doesn't matter what offense you're running at that point, if it's that wide. Right. You know, and, and and that's what we like about it is that we feel like, okay, so let's say we're a, a C-level talent. That's what – if you want to give us a grade, let's say we're a C, okay? We can play with Bs because of, because of the scheme. And we can beat Bs and we can compete with As. You know, and now you get into the Western Rose of the world where it's a, they're an A from a whole different world. But uh, schools relative to us, we can compete with them if they're better. Even if they're better than us, we can, we can make the game respectable. That clock's going to run. Um, and, you know, like I said, there ain't no incomplete pass. You know, we don't throw the ball enough. We throw the ball, shit, I don't know, probably threw it 30 times this year and over 12 games. And, um, and so we don't throw the ball much. And, and um, so there's not an incomplete pass in there. And when we do, when we do pass, it's, it's usually, it's either, it's, either it's incomplete or it's a 60 yard bomb. You know, there's, there's very little, we don't dink and dunk when it comes to the passing game. He's going to either be running wide open and we catch it, or he's going to be covered and we don't catch it. <laughs> so, um, but, but like, you know, we use things, man, like we use option. If you want to bring it into spread world, how would you use the bubble screen? Well, that's where option comes in for us. We just tack the perimeter. We get to the ball to the edge fast. That's how we use toss, getting the ball to the edge fast. Uh, you know, we 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 have some screens and we throw a little. We have some receiver screens, have some running back screens. You know, we still do other stuff, but this is who we are right here. You're going to spend all week trying to stop this, and then you're not going to have time to work on the other stuff. And that's usually where we get teams is in the second half, we get them with plays that they don't work on as much. So, because you spent all week defending, dive, and, you know, an option and whatnot, assignment football. Okay. Well, I'm going to continue to talk to you after we hit stop record. So, coaches, like, share, subscribe, all that crap. Um, uh, check out our sponsor, CoachPad. Follow them on Twitter. Check out the Splitback Facebook group. Um, it's again, it's not hard. Type in splitback beer, it pops up. There's 3,900 ish people on there. So, if you actually want to learn about splitback beer, go on there. Um, otherwise, that's another episode of the Gap Down Backer podcast.